Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. All right. Well, you're listening to The Jolt on Sirius XM OutQ. I'm Larry Flick, and John Leguizamo is back looking very dapper. Yes, yes. You must, uh, you must be doing TV today. I did. I did the Today Show, so, you know, I got the Very nice. Tie. Yeah. tie and everything. John Leguizamo Does has- Does the tie help hide the fact that my shirt was wrinkled? <laughs> You're wearing a jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of stuffy, but you can't go on the Today Show like in your, in your gym clothes. You could. You could. You could be very punk rock, and you could Yeah, just, yeah, you could. You could say, fuck you, Today yeah. Show. No, no, I want to be- uh, I used to do that all the time. Not anymore. That's because you're you're getting on in years. I wanna I wanna make sure that my kids know that my son used to say you look like a homeless man, Dad. <laughs> Why do you how old's your son? Fourteen. Oh uh, yeah. So you're at the stage where you're embarrassing him. Exactly. So I was like always in my sweatpants and this yeah. and he goes like and then my wife's like, You gotta start changing. You gotta you gotta start dressing up. Yeah, no. You gotta set 14. the right model. Because my son also wouldn't wouldn't get out of his sweatpants either. He wouldn't wear a suit. So I was like, Oh oh god, I'm a bad role model. I gotta change things up. Well, John Leguizamo, uh, other than being a good parent in a nice suit, has got a lot of good things going on right now, including the new movie American Ultra, which uh, co-stars Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Um, A fun movie. I I love the script, man. The script was so odd and outside the box. Max Landis writes, he writes kind of like Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Like very... You you like how is this thing going to translate to film? I don't really care because I, I I just love the way it's so odd. Well, you, I, I was watching it and I was it took me a minute to figure out what kind of movie it was, right? Which I really dug because there's such a formula now. Everything is a formula. And American cinema is just like boring. Yeah, it's tiring, it's man. So it's like boring, man. So this was fun because it was it was really imaginative. It was sometimes really funny, but it. It's but not going for. But it wasn't like a big dumb comedy. No, trying, it wasn't reaching for jokes. No, or, it was you could good. hear the, the five com- comic writers that wrote all the jokes. You don't hear. You, you just feel like this guy's going whatever he feels. This yeah. Max Landis. And 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 I was watching you in this movie and thinking, it's good to be John Leguizamo because you're you're established. People know who you are. You're respected. Um, and you're old enough to play character roles, but you're young enough to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, kind of right? basically. Yeah, yeah. It used yeah. to be. It used to be when you're playing those cool characters, those 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 characters that people wait to have come on the screen. Uh. It's usually reserved for like the old dude. Right, 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 right. But you've kind of like built yourself into this like cool character actor, and you're still young and you're still you know fresh and you can still do the leading man thing when you want to, but. That's got to be a good place to be as an actor. It's so much fun, man. I I, I, I got to say, I'm in a great place in my life where, you know, you get over all the young stuff where, you know, you got to prove yourself all the time and you feel like you got to yeah. showboat or you got to, you know, you got to win all the time. And then I get to a place where, like, I'm just going to enjoy being me, you know? I get to a place where people respect me. As director said, you could do whatever you want. And we created this character together, this madness. And I had a blast, man, with Jesse. Jesse's a blast too, man. Yeah, he's, he's such a, good a guy. fun, fun actor to work with. He's so present and so fun and so loose. I love working with him. It's Jesse Eisenberg we're talking about, and it's funny to watch him because I've I've talked to him a couple times. I find him very shy in person, and and it's fun to watch him. 
be so different yeah. on screen. He, 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 I don't think it's shyness. I just think he, he operates at a different rhythm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because when I go out to dinner with him and stuff, we have a great time. But, you know, but he's not, he, he's, he's a very curious person. He's, he's not ve- loud. No, he's not loud. He's very soft-spoken. Yeah. He operates at a different rhythm, a, a different bar rhythm, which I, I, I dig, man. I, I, and he's so genuine. I never met anybody so genuine in my life. Is it is it hard for you to find projects like American Ultra when you've uh, committed a lot of your time in life to your own writing? Because when you're, I, I imagine that when you're when you're writing as much as you do, and you've got this new piece I want to talk to you about in a moment. But when you're writing and you're kind of setting the bar where you want it to be, lowballing down to something just for the hell of working has got to be a drag. So, right. How that would not be fun. That would not be fun. So, American Ultra, it, it's a, it's an anomaly just to watch as a viewer. How hard is it to find that as an actor? Well, you know, I, I I've been lucky, man. People, directors call me and they want me to do some interesting parts. You know, they're kind of smaller, but I know I with a smaller part, there's less risk and you can do more. Mm. You can have more fun. So that, that that's what happens, and that's been happening a lot. I've been playing these really small parts, but people let me do whatever I want, and it's a blast. And there's no risk, there's no responsibility, and uh, and I and I dug it. Doing this one was was I had so much fun. I was just I would go home and just be giddy from the m- amount of fun I had on on mm. on set. Is that is that kind of uh, give you? Does it give you the energy to take the risks that you do take, like with this? Uh, one of one of John Leguizamo's new projects is Latin History for Dummies, uh, which, if I have it right, you're doing at the Ridgeville Playhouse. Right, uh, yeah. September fifteenth. Right. Um, is do, I mean, do you have to kind of build up your your energy and your your bravery to to do something like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a whole different thing. That's 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 all on me, and all 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 the. Uh... <laughs> the credit and blame is just on me. Mm. So, yeah, I got to prepare really hard for that. I mean, you know, I started already. I started rehearsing this week already, you know. And so I start rehearsing, rereading it, practicing it. You know, it's, it's How do again. you do that if it's a one-man piece? Yeah. Are you are you rehearsing and practicing alone uh, and just making noise? Or do you force yourself to have the structure of doing it in front of people like all of it all of it that? all of it so you know I, I this is my 30th performance of it okay so you know i've, I've done it in, in uh, tampa i did it in san francisco cleveland buffalo now i'm going and um, but you're fine I'm, I'm, am i right in in, in thinking that you're fine-tuning this all the time along? rewriting it constantly constantly rewriting okay. it it's constantly changing and evolving, you know. And I practice at home by myself, and then I, I orchestrate with my assistant, who will listen, you know, because I pay him, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, and he tries to quiz me on it, you know. So I try to go to, through a long patches of it. I still, I'm still reading it. I still can't perform it like memorized because it changes too much. I can't keep. So you're still on book, is? Oh yeah, yeah. there's no way at this point, and with so- the amount of changes going on, that I can be off book. And so, if I have this right, you're you play a a, a history teacher, in in this piece, yeah. I'm basically myself, but I am like a history teacher. I like go over through 500 years of Latin history, and uh, all the things that I was never taught in school, all the things that I've never heard, had, that we've contributed to the world, that I had no idea that I should be really proud of, and have a lot of respect for myself and my people, and 
so I find that, you know, I found all these things, you know, how how the Aztecs lost. It wasn't because they were pussies. It was because they had that rampant syphilis and, and, and uh, the Spaniards brought all the syphilis from fucking goats and sheep and <laughs> you Europeans brought that shit over here and <laughs> and smallpox and that kind of undid. We were half by by the time the conquistadors came in and used the, the Aztecs' enemies against them. So it was like, it was kind of rough. And then uh, we were there in the Revolutionary War. We had great generals in the Revolutionary War. We were in the Civil War. 10,000 Latin people fought in the in the Civil War. We were 500,000 in World War II. I mean, we've been around for a long time contributing. You just never, ever hear about it or see it. It's crazy. Like, we never existed. But huge numbers of people sacrificing, contributing. It's nuts. So um, that's information that the world at large maybe knows, certainly wasn't what I was taught in school. Do your people know that? No, we don't know that. You don't know that either. I didn't know that, dog, until I started doing research, and I was like, wait a minute, what? See, that's surprising to me (laughs) because the thing I've always found so beautiful about Latin culture is the pride. Mm. It's the thing that, as a gay man, I always wish we had more of. I know we talk about gay pride, but- there's a there's a there's a love I detect among people who are Latin that I don't see in other cultures. I see it a little bit in in my Italian culture, yeah. but not so much. So why don't even Latin people know these things? Well, you know, obviously Latin people in Latin America are much more savvy about their history and their culture than than I who grew up in an American culture. So I grew I went in school public schools here and 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 which severely failed me. And uh, you know, you didn't learn anything about Latin contributions at all in World War One, World War Two, War of eighteen twelve. We were we were in all these wars. So how does, how does that make you feel about yourself as you're growing up? Well, as you're growing up, you feel like you're very disconnected. You don't feel like you're part. You, you it's hard to imagine how you're going to contribute to the future of this country. And I think what what really solidified it for me is that I read that forty five percent of Latin kids drop out of high school, and you understand why. You're not made to feel that you've contributed. You're not made to feel like you're a valued citizen of this country, mm. even though you're for like 500 years you've been part of the history that made America and all North and South America. And and the gold that they they took from the Incas funded the British, the Ottoman, the French, the Spanish empires. They, that was all funded from the gold stolen from the from the Incas. So when you when you put together a piece like Latin History for Dummies, you want it's got to be funny. It's got to be funny, right? You <laughs> I want know it I to sound be... bitter and gripey, but no, it no, be no, funny. no, no. I mean, uh, what? And you're 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 going right to where I want to, which is you you have to. It has to be funny. It has to be entertaining. You have to get people cheering and off their right. And it's got to be seats. theater. Eventually, it's got to be theater right. too. Um, but there's also this massive responsibility. So how are you measuring that? How do you know when? You've put too much, too much meat into the recipe, and you have to kind of pull it out. Oh, dude, it is easy. How do you know? To, oh, how do you know? How do you know? You feel the audience like tune out. Like the first day I went out, I performed in Buffalo. Yeah, and I had just been working on it. I did it for my friends. They all like, oh, they loved it. I've been doing it at home by myself, and I get there, and I'm really cocky and confident, and I'm going through it, and then the audience is like. Hmm. Not the big laughs that I thought I had. 
Really? <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, they love all this knowledge. Uh, not so much. <laughs> really? Afterwards, they were like, people coming. I, it was a comedy club first. It wasn't theater, so I was doing something totally different. And comedy club, you know, in theater, they let you do your stuff. Like, Freak, when I did that, it was a three-hour reading. You know, wow. and people in theater will let you do that. But in a comedy club, nobody's going to sit there for three hours. That's they won't even time. sit there for an hour. Yeah. And then people come. You, I thought you were going to be funny, didn't I? You just, you just, you're like a history teacher. <laughs> I swear to God, because people are drunk. But does that They're hurt? eating. How much does that hurt? It doesn't hurt. No? No. I was just like, oh, wow. I It's a reality check. I got to go. Oh, I got to rewrite. I got to rethink this. I don't want to dumb it down, but I got to be cognizant that maybe there's too much history, too much information. So so I mixed it up a lot more. So who who is more receptive, um, an audience of your peers or an audience of people who want to feel like they're down with John Leguizamo? My peers are definitely much more forgiving and because and, and, they, they know the challenge and they know what I'm trying to do. Right. And they probably see that it's going to evolve anyway. But a, a comedy club audience, nah, uh No? <laughs> no. They're not respectful. They're not, you know, they're, they're there to be made to laugh. They paid a lot of money, and they're just not going to take it. They, so, you know, I rewrote it really fast, and the next night was better, and then I rewrote it again the next night, and it was better and better. And by the time I got to Cleveland, then I got some standing ovations, and I was like, okay, I think I've, I'm going somewhere. Now I, I got, you got it. Now I got the right mix of history, the right amount of jokiness. It's, you know, and that's what now it's just me constantly rebalancing that. I, I lost a lot, some history moments that I want to put back. So I got to put some of this back. Then I got to make it a theater piece. It's got to have a three act structure. It's really interesting. It's John Leguizamo joining us on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flick. Um, when did you decide that this was part of what you were going to do as your work? Because you didn't have to. You're a funny guy, you were getting work. As an actor, you were doing great uh, on uh, in stand-up. You didn't have to take this on. No. So why I, are you doing it? Oh my God, is that me? Is that? I think it is. Oh, you. it's my wife calling me back. But I got. I get, oh, she's gonna. I have to call her back afterward. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, no, I didn't. I, I I didn't mean to write this next show. They just come out of me. So I, I and I just got to go with it. You know, I just can't stop writing, and and I love writing and. And I'd never done. My wife is persistent, and um, and you just gotta. I, I really enjoyed, it. and 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 there was new challenges in this one, which was I never performed in comedy clubs. I always did it in performance art spaces and theaters, which gives you a lot of leeway. But you know now the problem is it's gotten a little too jokey, and I got to give it a three X structure and give it a little more depth. So I, I I gotta I gotta go back. But even even before this piece. You know, in your other pieces, they have they have a um, as entertaining as they all are. They all take, uh, from my point of view, great responsibility in being illuminating of not just your life, but the life of your people, the life of people who may not be Latin but live in or have lived in your economic structure. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a there's, sometimes it's overt, sometimes it's subversive, but there's always a political thread. There's always been a political, social, political aspect to my work. I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess just I'm upset about things, and things upset me, and 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 uh, I want the world to be a better place, and I want to be a, a part of that change. So th that's always in, in the back of my head. And 
Uh, and great writing is is what I try to do. You know, great writing is always going to be universal, and great writing is always going to to touch people in very many different ways. And yeah. it's going to be, and it's going to move you. I mean, great theater moves you, and it, and that's why I like being in the theater because you're allowed to be moved. And uh, I like the comedy club stuff. I, I like the energy, and, and it makes me much more aggressive. I'm enjoying that part of it, but I'm missing the emotional part because they don't really want to go with me emotionally because it's yeah. not a theater. It's interesting though to watch something like like Ghetto Clown, and and yeah, again I I felt a, a very deep connection to it even though I'm not Latin, right. I'm not straight, we have not lived the same lives. You know, I the only thing we may have in common is I'm a native New Yorker, I'm from the Bronx, and I'm Italian, but that's not Latin. Uh, but, but you're but you're an artist too. You perform. You're performing now, and you perform, and you're so and you're also shaping culture and you're also part of culture making and and so in those things where we 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 jive but, but but the things you're saying in that piece as a gay man yeah I, resonated very deeply and I'm, i you know and i know you're not gay but yeah. i'm thinking he understands or maybe he's tapped into things that connect us when we're not seeing it yeah yeah well, well i'm sharing a lot of really deep personal things that most people wouldn't share that i didn't even really want to share but the work made me share it, you know? And so I'm talking about having a breakdown. I'm talking about divorce. I'm talking about huge strife with with my father, you know, dealing with my mom who works with me. You know, I, so I'm sharing a lot, a lot, a lot of real and real facts. So I think that's what I've learned is that people really, when you really tell the truth, people really vibe with that and they really feel it. If you don't, they, they feel it in a way. They don't really know what's going on, but... They understand that they didn't connect as much as they would like to have. When you you we started out talking about your your fourteen year old son, what do you tell your fourteen year old son about your past? Not much. Did- <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Not <laughs> much. You know the kind of parenting I want to do. You got to role model, and I don't want my kids doing the things that I did. So I I lie. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> I lie. I, yeah. If we don't if we don't let them see my shows, but eventually they will, and then I'll fess up. Then, but you know. So what kind of kid is he? How would you how would you describe him? Obviously he's cool, he's your kid, but uh, how oh, he's you- really smart. He's very very savvy, very smart, very story oriented. You yeah. know, he loves to criticize movies and he'll give you a, a really great breakdown of why movies worked or why, or why they did work, or why they didn't work. And uh and he's funny. He's a funny funny man. Both my kids are really funny in very different ways. My and- son is very sort of like witty and my daughter is is very uh she's sort of physical so do you do you do you feel like you have uh up to this point succeeded in what most parents want to succeed in which is making their kids lives better other yeah. than economically there's only one thing you got to do is be there that's all yeah that's all you got to do to be a great parent it ain't money it ain't the best giving them the best education which you you got to try to do right it's being there, man. And so me and my wife make a huge effort at being there all the time as much as we can. You know, I think that's the only way to raise really great kids in, in this modern world is you got to you gotta be there. You got to be supervising. You got to be watching. You got to be goading them on. You got to be a coach, a life coach. You got to be everything. How, how, how do they respond to the fact that dad's famous? Oh, they're over that. They're over that big time. You know, they don't really care. Do they like, <laughs> do they like it? Uh, they like some of the perks. They don't like all of it. Yeah. They don't like. They don't like a lot of people coming up and talking to me. They find that really weird. They still do. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they go, Dad, do you know him? Why is he talking to you like that? Like you know him? Do you know him? I go, I don't know him. He's just a fan, and he was really, you know, pleasant. And so I I chatted with him, but you don't know him, Dad. Why would you talk to him like you know? So they don't get that. Mm. And my son will make sure, like, you know, I forget to wear my hat or sunglasses when I go out. And then people talk to me and they go, Dad, we got to go back to the house. Because they get weirded out by yeah. a lot, by the strangers. It is weird. Yeah, it, it is. is. Weird. So as John Leguizamo joining us, you can see him in American Ultra. Um, back for Ice Age 5 next summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is and, exciting. And the most the thing that I'm the most proud of is my uh, Ghetto Clown is going to be a graphic novel. And you can pre-order it now. It comes out in the fall. And it is a beautiful piece of art i got this brooklyn commune of artists who are drawing it krista Cassano's the head and they're turning out i mean what ghetto clown was on stage as a graphic novel all these people in all these places that i grew up in and and all these the 60s 70s 80s, it's all comes to life man and i gave them a lot of photos and stuff but a lot of stuff they they just intuit that's got to be cool to be able to hold something in your hands because as a performer you have the memories, and you can have a DVD or a film of it, but this is different because you can hold it in your hands. It's different, and you can watch every chapter, and you can look at it and, and go, wait, hey, well, that, that was a part of my life, and, the, and there are the photos. There's, uh, there's Al Pacino, and it looks like Al Pacino in Carlito's Way, and the story wow. I told wow. is now in print. It's like all like a, it's like a, what do you call it, like a storyboard. Nice, and that's out in the fall. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Abrams Books, best-looking books in the world. All right, all right, John Leguizamo. It's good to talk to you. Great to talk to you, man. Nice to see you. Mr. Flick. Stick around. There's more to come on The Jolt.